What is going on, people? It is your boy, Temp, host of the Grown Folk Table, and I'm here with Sean with the Me, Myself, and My Mic podcast. And welcome back to another edition of the Me, Myself, and My Mic podcast. I'm your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Shawnee on the mic. Glad to be speaking to you guys again. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's staying safe and hope everybody's wearing your mask because this COVID thing is rising and it's going up. So please, everybody, continue to wear your mask and stay six feet apart, 20 feet apart if you can, so on and so forth. But let's get right into the show. I'm joined by a very special guest. This is one of the coolest dudes that I know. He's the creator slash host of the Grown Folk Table podcast. I'm talking about the one and the only Temp, a.k.a. Uh, Templeton. Temp, thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing, bro? You're what's good, bro. I'm, I'm good, man. Chilling, trying to survive, just out here. Getting used to corona like everybody else is. So, yeah, man, it's different out here. It def- definitely is, man. And, bro, before we get into the show, how have you how have you been? How has everything been for you, your family, your friends doing this whole first it was the quarantine for like four or five months and now this pandemic that is probably not gonna end anytime soon. How have you and everyone been throughout this whole whole uh, uh thing, bro? I'm not gonna hold you. It's just kinda tough, man, because at first, like we didn't really know how long this was gonna be. Everybody was at home for a couple of weeks. Like uh, when I was working, um, they said we were going to be back in April, you know, all that stuff. And then April obviously didn't happen. So it was a lot of adjusting, a lot of getting used to being by myself, a lot of silence, a lot of like kind of stale, stagnant moments. And right, right. you really start to think a lot. You really start to process a lot. You know, a lot of people have been really focusing on self-reflection. And that definitely happened to me. You know, once you sit in a room, for long enough and I had no work like work was completely done for me I work in production no tv shows no kind of productions were 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 up and running um not until maybe like August or so so I had a lot of time to just kind of sit there and figure things out um fortunately uh family has been good uh most of my friends have been uh been okay uh I don't think I I don't think I personally know anybody who contracted it uh, I have been on some job sites where someone on the job did contract COVID, but I'm I'm fine. Like I I get tested like three times a week, so wow. just getting used to like the new norm. It's just it's definitely different, but figuring it out as we as we go along, you know, definitely tough for everybody. Bro, well, well, bro. First, I'm glad that you're good and your friends are good, family's good, and everybody's good because. Um, obviously I think what I think like 1.2 million people have passed away from it. And I think like 3 million have been sick. So it's just crazy, crazy, crazy. And I thought I had it around April. I was extremely sick and bro, I mean, like, all right, like we've all been sick. I was yeah. sick, sick. I was like, what uh... is this? But thankfully it was just the flu. <laughs> and that's the crazy part. It's like, you sick and you don't know if you have the flu or if you actually have it. You know what I'm saying? And that cold is different now. Like every time you start sniffling, he's like, fuck, man, I'm about to, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> exactly. Don't exactly. Last, uh, if, it, if it really, if it wasn't for the, because um, me, naturally, I, I naturally just have like a weak immune system. So I tend to get colds very quickly. So if it wasn't for me getting tested frequently, I would have been thought I had fucking Corona, bro. 
ridiculous oh, out here, man. It really, really is, man. And like, bro, like you said, people can't cough and can't sneeze and without you being looked at funny and like grilled at and stared at. So it's just crazy, man. But bro, I'm glad that everything was well and that's definitely good. So Ted, creator, host of the Grown Folk Table podcast, tell me and everybody, how did the show start and where did the love come from wanting to just talk about any and everything, bro? Nice. So um, originally, uh, how I got started is um, basically... Uh, I had a studio because I'm an audio engineer and I had a home studio that I was recording out of before I would just record artists, but then I kind of transitioned out of recording artists into recording podcasts. I felt like there was more of a market for that. So I started seeing people come in doing their podcasts and I'm looking at them and I'm like, kind of like, you know, I feel like this is something that I feel like I could do, but you know, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted it to be about. But then after a couple of, couple of years of recording other people's podcasts, I was like, I think I have a good idea of like what I want as far as like the feel and as far as the vibe and stuff like that. Um, I have a production background, so, nice. so like creating stuff is like, it comes naturally to me. So once I kind of had that initial idea as far as like what the name of it was, because at first I was like, I need to figure out a dope ass name. And as soon as that comes, everything else is just going to fall right into place. So randomly yeah. a random day in like February of like 2018, I was like the grown folk table, that's going to be it. And I'm gonna get this person. I'm gonna get that person. And literally within like, within like three days, bro, we were recording and we were like getting it. And then like two years later, still up and running. And um, shout out to all my co-hosts. Shout out to Courtney. Shout out to Soleil. Shout out to Joe. They out here doing their own thing. Uh, we just put out an episode um, this Tuesday. So uh, if you guys are interested, go check that out. It was super fire. That is dope, bro. That is dope. So. I obviously uh, tune into the show, but for the people that will, what do you and everyone speak about, care to speak about, uh, talk about, and, and everything else? Uh, so basically, we pretty much talk about things that are, uh, what comes naturally for us, like we're all friends in real life, so it kind of feels like a kickback situation, like when you meet up with your friends for the first time in a while, you talk about things that are going on in the world, we talk a lot about relationships we talk a lot about society um culture just observational topics um sex love uh politics sometimes it's just like whatever it comes to mind or whatever we feel in that moment that's pretty much what we talk about we try and find a way to um give everybody their fair space to uh talk about what they want to talk about how they want to talk about it because we all have very differing opinions so it's good to have everybody who thinks differently talk about things i feel like that's kind of what the issue is among society is that like we all have differing opinions but people don't know how to how to manage other people's opinions if it doesn't fit with theirs so they tend to just kind of dismiss them but i feel like those are the types of conversations that need to be had to fix a lot of the issues that are happening in the world so uh, kind of on, on a smaller scale that's what the growth table is really about like taking opinions differing opinions from different walks of the world and just kind of discussing it in a very cohesive manner and that's dope, bro. And there's even and I feel like that's super important because I listen to shows and you're like one dude or you're like one chick, and it's only like their view on it. So it Pretty is much. so refreshing to hear two, three, four, five different people on a show talking about the same thing. So you can hear her view, his view, their view, so on and so forth. So that's definitely something that's good. I know you said an episode just dropped on Tuesday. What is up and coming for the show? And do you have any plans to 
broaden the show bigger than what it is now? I would love to like broaden the show. It's a bit difficult now, you know, with the whole, you know, COVID situation. And yeah. basically as far as like my work situation and everyone else's work situation, like we're all further advancing in our careers and making life decisions that are affecting our time and our schedules. Like again, like I'm in, I'm in Tennessee for the next like six weeks or so. So I don't know when the hell I'm be back. Uh, we have people starting businesses people who want to travel or possibly even like not even stay in New York anymore. So like there's a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes. So we would love to like produce as much content as we can, but because there's so many moving pieces, like we're just going to kind of change the format. So whenever we can get together, kind of like how like the, the black girl podcast does, they don't, they don't come up with episodes like sequentially. It's like whenever they can get together, cause they're all doing their own thing. So um, as far as the show, that's going to be what the format is for now. And then we're going to have like just one long ass conversation based on whatever the hell is on our mind at that moment so and like so since it's been it's going to be some time in between episodes it's going to be a lot of like differing opinions a lot of things that happen in life it was super dope this episode because like a lot of us have made like a lot of significant changes you know people got into relationships people got out of relationships or people like said goodbye to some family members and things like that so it's a very retrospective episode and i really love that feel and i really love that format for the show Bro, that is dope, bro. That is dope. And, you know, I could say this to you, bro. Like, I've actually taken some things that you and your crew do on your show and try to use it to me because I was like, yo, man, like, obviously this is, you know, something that's smart, something that is uh, the way to go. So, I mean, and I should have said this at the beginning of the show. How the hell the mean you met, bro? We met at the podcast. Uh, uh, link podcast up. link up. Yeah, shout out to T. Shout, shout out, out to Tasha Talks a lot. Definitely shout out uh, to those two. And we were in talks before then, but we met then and we uh, chopped it up, so on and so forth. So, man, so to have you on is definitely good. Tim, how can the people tune into the show, subscribe, download, and all that stuff, bro? So, basically, anywhere where podcasts are available, is we're pretty much there. We're on YouTube. We're on SoundCloud, we're on Google Play, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, if you search for the Grown Folk Table, you'll be able to find it. Um, we're on Instagram at the Grown Folk Table. The link in our bio will take you to pretty much everything. Or if you go to the thegrownfolktable.com, that'll also take you to um, all the links that we have available. So feel free to check it out on whichever streaming platform um, suits your fancy. That's dope, bro. That's dope, bro. Looking forward to the next episode that you guys drop. Bro, to be away from home for six weeks, that is, wow, that is a long time to be. To be honest with you, I'm happy, bro. Like, I was sick and tired <laughs> of New York. It was, like, uh, uh, it's so weird. It's so, but, like, you know, I like I like a little change of scenery. Uh, I'm not mad at, um, especially being in Tennessee, you know, so even though a little weird, especially with election time coming up, there's right, a lot of dope-ass right. food here, so I'm trying to just eat and stay alive. So <laughs> if I can do that and just work and then not be stressed out, uh, I'm happy. So <laughs> it's a goal, right? I'll, take, I'll, I'll take what I can get, man. Especially with production, like in New York, it's not really moving like that. Like they have a couple things going, but a lot of the productions that I'm working on that were in New York are moving out of New York, especially this one. This one, I think Tennessee is going to be their permanent home. So this might be my last time working on this show. But, you know, it was, it was fun while it lasted. So we just got to find out you know, new ways and new jobs and new opportunities uh, as COVID is forcing a lot of us to do. 
It definitely, definitely is. And, you know, the crazy thing is, bro, like, I work with planes and around planes. And, bro, aviation. Yeah, bro, aviation was hit hard. Like, I've been working since. Today's what, October 14th, bro? I've been working, like, going on, like, three months. That's crazy. (laughs) Everybody was scared to take flights. Everybody was scared to buy planes. And like everybody, nobody knew what the hell was going on. But now everybody, everybody's in fucking flying to Tulum now. So yo, shit must be booming now. Internet because it's just Tulum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did I miss? Did I miss a sale? Like, did I, did I not check my email the, that day? Like, did I miss something? A Groupon went out. Like everybody, everybody, and their mamas in Tulum, son. Bro, that is a fact. That is a fact. Like that shit got me wondering, like. I've been like missing out, man. First it was this place and that place, not everybody's there. So it's just exactly it's crazy. But I mean, yeah, bro, like I've been home for like about three months, going on four months, and you know what I'm saying? And at first I'm like, all right, this will pass. This not passing for a long time. So Yeah, because like people aren't taking it as seriously as they should, you know. Like exactly. you you'll see like places maybe like New York where it's like it's not as bad, even though there are still people who are out here out there like not really wearing their mask and not really following the social distancing protocol it was still like for the most part most people in new york were compliant driving down south bro son i don't know what news they're getting down here but like i like you gotta like really have conversations like yo why are you not wearing your mask like why it's like employees it's like random people in the street it's just like i don't understand like why they feel like it's such a it's like so much of a bother for you to to wear a little piece of fabric in front of your mouth. Like we're just we're trying to end this pandemic, but I don't know if they feel like it's a pandemic or I don't. Again, I have no idea what information they're being fed. Like I just saw this. Uh, what was it called? It was on Netflix. So I can't remember the name of it, but they're pretty much talking about how social media influences you based on your area and like based on where you live. If you Google certain things, mm-hmm. um it'll give you different results. So like, if you're more of an anti-masker and you live in an anti-mask area, you'll get more articles that'll promote the, your anti-masking theories. But if you are for wearing masks and you live in an area that promotes that, then it'll show you more results that cater more towards what you feel. So it's just like, oh, all right. So there's just no facts out here. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, I just give people what they want and people don't know what they want half of the time, so. Half of the time, right. And. I think people see, okay, well, the state that I'm in, everything is low, the cases are low, so I'm free to just, like, no, you're not free. Just because your state is low doesn't mean that you would just walk around with no mask on, so on and so forth, Tim. So it just you gotta protect. You got to protect yourself. But then again, it's like, if we're being real, like, people don't really be protecting themselves because... We all know the risk that that happens when you don't have sex without a condom. But I bet you... Most men ain't trying to fuck with a condom on. I bet you. I bet money. I bet money. That's a fact. That's a fact. And the two you know, you know, I, I, I know what's out there. I know babies, STD, but nah, I just feel better. Like, you just feel and like, better. And like, but you good, though, right? You good. You, you, can just look, you, can look, you can look at a girl and tell if she good. Like, it's like, oh, nah, you good. I can tell you good. Nah, we good. We good out here. That's a good point, bro. That's a good point. Listen, man. You should have just listen, man. (laughs) Chuck, man, to go from one serious thing to another, a serious Mm -hmm. thing during the whole quarantine and pandemic, we've seen from George Floyd, Breonna uh, uh, Taylor, 
uh, Elijah McLean, so on and so forth. Every, like this whole social um, injustice and racial injustices and everything that is um, um, going on, bro. You're black and I'm black. So I know we're obviously affected by it, bro. Just what's your take on all three of those things that's going on and just the state that we're in as black uh, people now, bro? You know, it's kind of tough because you want to be aware of like what's going on. Like we've known that social injustice has been happening in this country to black people since forever, since since they brought all of us over here. Like we knew for a fact, like even afterwards when they claimed like, oh, now nah, y'all good. We gave y'all some rules, but like, you know, a lot of that hatred is just ingrained in a lot of people, you know? So it's not just gonna go away just because you, you made some rules. Like there are still people who are alive right now who were like literally like my parents were born maybe like a couple years after segregation so it's like that's how close it was you know like they're literally probably still like someone's some people's grandparents probably lived in times where you know black people were still seen as lesser than you know they're still um people especially people who were in places that we can't even avoid you know people who are in the justice system, people who are in the school system, you know, people who are supposed to protect us, who just have like naturally this disdain for black people is just in their in their heart. Right. And even if they even if they don't see it or not, just the kind of way that we uh, navigate the world, you treat black people as if they're like this whole other thing, like completely separate from the human race. Right. So to to see all this injustice that's happening, it's really hard to to take in because you know, eventually, you know, when I have a family, I'm going to have to bring, you know, a black boy or a black girl and raise them in this world. And honestly, I have no idea how I'm going to try and protect them from a world that I still don't fully understand. So that's kind of been my thing. And also trying to just figure out a way to make sure that, you know, they don't feel one lesser than uh, two. I don't want them to feel as if like, you know, there's no hope. Cause I feel like a, a lot of that is going around. It's like, oh, this is not going to happen. The things are never going to change. People are always going to stay the same and everything like that. So I'm really trying to figure out how, what is the best way to try and navigate in the world that we live in today. And I still haven't figured it out, man. Um, especially with uh, a bunch of systems that are in place that were, were one never really made to help out black people in the first place. Facts. So yeah, so I, like literally, like I, I, it's, and it sounds bad. But I've been literally trying to like kind of numb myself to it like I don't go online like I don't look at any of those hashtags I don't watch any of the videos anymore it's just it's a lot it's like sensory overload at this point it's kind of like well it happens literally like once every couple of weeks and it's like there's still people who are out here thinking that this is like some kind of fake propaganda and it's just like how do you possibly think that we have a president who uh endorses white radicalists and it's just I really don't know how to fuck to, to figure any of this shit out. So it's a lot to take in. So I tend to try to not think about it as much as I can. Bro, like I've tried to numb myself to it too, or to the point where I'm like, all right, when I hear another case, because Tim, we're going to hear about it. If it's not every week, every other week, if it's not every other week, it's every other, other week, because it's continuing to happen. And I have a lot of white friends. And what I yeah. tell them is the issue is not black versus white. The issue yeah. is being equal, equality. Mm -hmm. Tim, if I saw a black cop 
put his knee on a white man, I'm gonna be like, bro, you're bugging up. That's still wrong, yeah. Because this is not black versus white. This is about being equal. Mm-hmm. And 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 the part that is like maybe like scary bro is like yes i'm black and yes i'm big but tim do you know how many times i've been walking on the street and a white man or a white chick sees me and they cross the street it happens way more often than it doesn't bro (laughs) and bro and it's not that they have to go someplace across the street because if they did they would have been walking on that side of the, the damn street. It's the fact that I'm black. And in my exactly. case, I'm a big black man. So they're looking at me like, oh, he gonna stab me, shoot me, rob me, something. And I think that's mm-hmm. where the problem lies is that white people have to understand, look, we're, we're not bad as the news makes us seem. Because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, yes, there's black people in jail. Ten, there's white people in jail too. The there are a lot more. There are a lot more white people in jail than black people. A lot more. A lot more for way worse shit for killing their yeah. mom, their dad, their families, for bombing up a church, for so many um stuff. So, so it's like, bro, like those two things are the scary things. And somebody had asked me this like two months ago, and they were like, "Yo, Sean, what, what is it to live in this world being black?" And Tim, the one word I could come up with was scared. That's that's very fitting. Scared because Tim, when I'm on the road, I'm driving scared. When I'm walking on the street, I'm driving scared. When I go out to get some like fruits, I'm I am shopping scared because no other reason than the color of my skin. And I think that's the issue that me, you, and every other black man and, and all the black people, woman, child, face, bro. So it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to end, when it's going to end, but bro, this has been going on since what? 1692? 1642? Who the fuck knows? I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we could say 1692 because it's probably when it happened, but then again, I don't, like, that. Like that. this one quote always sticks out to me, like, history is written by the victors. So 400 years ago, it's true. Who really knows what the fuck happened? But they're telling us this is exactly what happened. So you know what? I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it for what you said, and I'm just gonna agree with you. Like, all right, cool. This is this is what happened. And a lot of times, like people turn, they they twist and turn things to kind of fit their narrative. So like they'll talk about slavery, but they won't talk about it to the full extent of like how bad it really was, you know? Right. Or they'll try to ignore the fact that we celebrate people who are fucking sociopaths. Right, and it's just like like even in school, like when they teach you about Thanksgiving and like the history of Thanksgiving, like that was wrong. The whole Christopher Columbus, the reason why he sailed and tried to find the countries, that's wrong. Right. and it's just like it's like it's wrong, like and it's like these are things that they're they're teaching to young children as fact, and it's not fact. So it's like, can we actually start telling people like what really happened back in the day? You know, can we talk about what really happened during slavery? Can we talk about what really happens in the street nowadays? If it feels like like back to what I was saying before, um, people are so hell bent on talking about the differences, but they don't really talk about the similarities. Because if you think about a person who's on the left and a person who's on the right, a person who's black, a person who's white, there are a lot of similarities that that go between the two, but we focus on like what's different, you know? Black pride and white pride 
are essentially the same, I feel. Mm. Um, but some people take that white pride and they make it as if like, oh, I'm white, so that means that I'm better. But it's not about being proud. Uh, it's not about like, we. I don't want to say that you can't be proud of like who you are, but black people are just as proud to be black as some white people are white. And sometimes the white radicalists and sometimes the black radicalists I see a bunch of similarities between y'all two. I'm like, yo, y'all white, y'all white people, y'all bugging, y'all black people, y'all bugging too, you know? And it's just like, we need to really sit down and like have conversations. It's to a point where like, if someone automatically says they're a Trump supporter, you're not willing to have a conversation with them whatsoever. But sometimes that conversation is what's needed because you need to understand that person, why they think the way that they do. Because a lot of the times we put our own opinions and our own views and project them onto people that we feel. So it's like, once you say Trump, we automatically assume that you're racist. We automatically assume that you're this. Automatically assume that you're that. But that not might not necessarily be true. There's a lot of gray area in between. So until we start exploring those gray areas and start and stop demonizing everybody who thinks differently than us, and I don't think anything's going to change initially. It's like I understand that like you know, racism has to be abolished. But like when people talk about abolishing racism, it seems as if like they're talking about abolishing white people as a race in general and just getting them out of here. No, they're still going to be here once racism is over. We have to coexist with each other at some point. So it's like you can't you can't be so brash and brazen against someone who's brash and brazen because they're just gonna they're just gonna keep pushing back. You know, there has to be some sort of like civil way, despite the fact that there's so much injustice going on. Like there has to be a way to do this right. I don't know what that is. I'm not a genius, but there has to be some way to do it. Sam, that was well said, bro. That was well, well said. And thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> definitely, man. No, 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 because, and that final point that you made is very true because black folks think, okay, well, ending a slavery means that the world for no, it's not. It is 100%, like you said, we have to coexist and we have to not teach the white man and uh, and the white woman. We just want to get them to understand, look, once everything is equal, the world hopefully will be a better place after that, bro. So Yeah, and especially don't don't feel like you're too you're or don't don't automatically assume that people know things for fact, you know? Right. Um a lot a lot of the times people like if they say something that's offensive, they'll just automatically just take it all the way to heart. But sometimes people really honestly don't know it's like some people be like oh why don't white people know this and why don't white people know that it's because they're white they grew up differently like there are certain things that as a black person you know we don't have to have the conversation because we just know because we live right. the life right. but there are certain things that that other people other races do not understand and no one explains it to them so it's just like oh you're not supposed to do that but why so sit down but like, yo this is offensive yo that's offensive don't do that teach that person why it's offensive rather than just assuming that they should already know that it's offensive. You know, some people honestly don't know. Like I'll take an example that happened to me at work. Um, so somebody passed out, was passing out little pins that said uh, risking my life to make television. I thought it was funny because it's just like, Oh, it's a funny little, little joke because literally we were out here doing all this crazy work, doing all this crazy stuff or whatever. So I took the pin and mm-hmm. then, and then um, somebody on set was like, um, I don't think it's a good idea to kind of wear the pins around. So, I mean, on set is cool, but somebody might take offense to that. I'm like, what do you mean take offense to that? I didn't understand and I didn't see it. But then I woke up the other day and I was just like thinking about it. And I was just like, you know what? There are doctors out here. There are firefighters out here. 
there are a lot of essential workers out here who are actually risking their lives by right. doing their job. Right. So it's just like, I, just as me thinking of it as a joke, some people might say that and be like, no, you're not really risking your life. You know, you're kind of poking fun at risking your life to make television when pe there are actually people out here risking their lives to do their jobs and helping society right. by doing their job and stuff like that. So that's something that a simple explanation can solve. And the exactly. problem is that people, people don't want to take the time out to explain things because they just feel like you should automatically just know. But I don't know what experiences you have. I don't know what you know. I don't know what you've been told. I don't know what Google is telling you. I don't know what Facebook is telling you. So it's just like, we, we have to Wikipedia. try and find Exactly. Like you, never, you never know what information someone is getting. So it's like, okay, this is the information that I'm getting. Oh, this is the information that I'm getting. And it's just like friendships. It's like whenever you have someone who does something, it's just like, you shouldn't just automatically assume that your friend is going to know not to do that unless you've told them for like months and months and years and years and they're still doing the same thing. This is the first time you're doing something that I don't like. I shouldn't just automatically assume that you should know that I don't like it exactly. because you're my friend. Like, have I explained that to you? Have we had the conversation? You know, so exactly. I think that's that's what's that's what's, that's what's kind of missing. We're all just kind of focused on trying to get our point across and right. talking about, oh, this is how I feel. It doesn't matter how you feel. And then the other person feels like, well, I, this is how I feel, and no one's listening to each other. So, as long as people still operate like that, it's just, it's just nothing's going to change. It's just going to be people screaming at each other from different sides of the road, destroying rocks, and then that's it. Who's going to be throwing rocks and for the rest of the time? People are screaming to scream back. They're not screaming to understand and to yeah, comprehend. They're waiting, for, they're waiting for a pause. That's all it is. It's that's like all it is. Right. You're not listening to anything that I'm saying. You're just like, well, fuck you and your thing. And it's just like. All right, whatever, man. <laughs> exactly, man. That's crazy. I don't, I don't got, I don't got time for that. Like, I'm, I don't like right. being an antagonist. Like, I don't like, I don't even like stirring up, stirring the pot. I don't like causing trouble. I'm the most, I'm the most chill person in the world. Like, when it comes to anything, like you'll bark at me. I'll be like, I, right, you know, it is what it is. I'm not gonna <laughs> right. sit there and like, I'm not gonna start an argument with nobody. But some people are just like that. I've never been like that. But I don't know, that's probably why I kind of think the way that I think because I try to always see things from like other people's perspectives like sometimes when people like are kind of um give you an attitude or whatever some people might take offense to that and be like oh so you must think that i'm pussy but my, <laughs> my my whole thought process is like i don't know what's happening in your world i don't know if someone is like shitting down your neck and now you're shitting down my neck a lot of the times right um if you really think about it for a second there's a, a lot simpler explanation to things than than people will give credit to so it's like oh boom I see that this is happening to you. Now I understand a bit more why you're doing that. But now let's have a conversation about why what you did is not okay. Despite the fact that you feel like you were justified in your actions, right. let me explain to you why, or how that affects me, how that affects this, and how this affects everything as a whole, you know? Mm -hmm. But again, people just, people don't really take the time. People don't have patience anymore. We're just kind of sick and tired. And that sick and tired mentality, which one, it's good to have because now people are like trying to fight and stand for, stand for what they believe in. Right, but it's just like I think they're just blindly just doing it without any kind of rhyme or reason. It's just like let's just do shit just to do shit. It's like no, how, like what's the what's the plan? What's like the plan, where's right? the structure? Like how are we gonna act? How are we actually gonna fix this? Like what are your five steps to getting in the in the right direction? We're right. just flailing about, hoping that people are just noticing us, and yeah, that's not, that's not how you change it. Eggs, bro. Amen, bro. Amen. And you know, and it's the, the same thing. Protesting is cool, and going and you know raising your fists and the march is cool. 
there got to be a plan after that. <laughs> there has to be something after that. So, bro, I agree with you. The people are just coming out, raising their hands, but there's nothing after that. So hopefully all that stuff ends, bro. Tim, one of the topics that I love when you and your crew talk about, we got to get into it, bro, uh, uh, before you go. Dating, dating, and dating some more. And, oh <laughs> you know, Tim, I saw a post that my homegirl put, and she said the, uh, the dating pool has P in the pool. I can completely understand <laughs> why they would say such a thing. Because <laughs> it's all messy. It's just all mess. It's just all it, shitty. It's just all shitty, pissy, and um, um, and everything, bro. But to, uh, in terms of you, if you had to define what that word means, D-A-T-I-N-G, dating, dating, in 2020, because that, the first ever show that I did, right, the first question I asked was, define what the word uh, dating means to you. Tim, I had seven people on the show. I had seven different people give me seven different definitions of what dating was. And Tim, <laughs> that's the problem. That's the, that problem. Is the problem. Nobody is on the same page. So if you had to define that word, how would you uh, do it, bro? I would say dating is the process of interacting with another human being with the purpose of either uh, an emotional connection, a sexual connection, a spiritual connection, whatever connection that you're looking for at the time. So whatever, like you're exchanging a certain type of energy with another human being with the point of, with some sort of purpose. It has to be some sort of purpose. And that's how I would... And explain it too. Tim, there's people that think dating is a relationship. There's people that think dating is being a friends with uh, 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 benefits, benefits and yeah. the whole nine. And I'm just like, no, dating is getting to know someone. That person's getting to know you to see where it goes. That's it. There is no like simple. Than I feel yes, like it's it so is. simple. I don't know why people make it so complicated. Uh, I think I think people one have different ideas because I think based on where, where you were raised, based on what gender you are, you're kind of taught different things about relationships. And I think that's kind of where the, the separation starts based on that. Right. And then we have kind of like the idea of like gender roles and like now that's kind of evolving. So now it's like, so now you get more separation because of that. And now, now we're taking things like sex and we're taking things like, you know, finances and we're taking things like, um, I guess maybe social media presence and things like, like there are a lot of different things that are factored into relationships now. So that's kind of what causes the divide where one person might be like, yo, um, a relationship, um, basically if I'm dating you, then we're in a relationship. And then the other person could literally could be talking to you for like 10 months and talk about, Oh, we're not dating. And it's just like, I don't understand why. <laughs> But you know, yeah. people, people always find ways to justify their actions. To justify like, actions, you know, right? I didn't, I didn't give you a title. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. But no, you were exchanging energy with a certain person for a certain amount of time with the purpose of something. You're right. giving someone sexual energy. You're giving someone emotional energy. Right. Like there's an exchange happening. They're giving stuff back to you as well. I feel like that. If you're doing that, 
for what, even if it's just sex, I feel like that's still dating in itself. If you're not dating with the purpose of um, trying to find a relationship, if you're, if you're in it just to have fun, if you're doing that with somebody, you're dating, no matter what. I don't care what the purpose is. I don't care how long it's been. If it's been like one date, you're dating. If it's been like a week, you guys are dating. Like yeah. there's different levels, but like, no, once you, once you have that, like, oh, and the other person is like, oh, <laughs> that's it. That's fucking dating. <laughs> right. And right, bro. And I think two major problems is number one, people, especially people that, that is in our age group, like our age range, bro, our age range does not communicate effectively. That's true. That's very true. And I think that lends in hand to say, oh, well, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z, but I only want X, Y, and Z. Somebody that doesn't communicate well, they're going to take it, flip it, spin it, how they going to do it. And then when shit hits the fan, they're like, oh, you only told me that you wanted to date. Be like, no, I told you that I was just trying to fuck. I fuck and that's it. So I think mm-hmm. that's number one, Tim. Number two, bro, I think we got way too many stages. The talking stage, <laughs> the dating stage, the, the exclusive stage, yeah. the flirting stage. It's like, yo, until somebody says, I'm your man and you're my girl, you're single. Period. End of story. So I think yeah. once the stages grow, bro, I think hopefully shit starts to make sense because don't nothing makes sense now, bro. Yeah, it doesn't. I think people just like people like the attention people like being able to kind of like be free and kind of do with their own thing. Like people, I think, I think especially in our generation, people are scared of commitment because we're seeing a lot of our, you know, a lot of people coming from broken homes or people experiencing divorces and things like that. So now people have a completely different idea of what a relationship should be because now people are being a lot more vocal about certain things, especially when it came to like, you know, with black people, it feels as if like, you know, the, the black woman is supposed to be the one who, who holds the household together. She's supposed to be the nurturing one. She's supposed to be the forgiving one. She's supposed to be the one who takes care of everything. But now we're kind of flipping that notion on its head um, and kind of doing away with the old antiquated ways that people think. And which is cool. I think that your relationship should be whatever you feel like it is. I don't think it should be defined based on um, what society tells you that it is like if you're in a relationship and you have a man that likes to be the provider the nurturer and the woman wants to be the money maker like who the hell am I to tell you that what a relationship is you know that's the problem people always to tell you they think a relationship should be and they want you to view um relationships the way that they do so it's like oh that's not I wouldn't deal with that I can't do that da, 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 and all that kind of things like single people giving right people in relationships advice <laughs> people always have like shit to say about like relationships and situations and oh I wouldn't deal with that oh you shouldn't do with that or you shouldn't deal with that it's just like no yeah I don't know what the fuck y'all talking about like if you're not in a successful relationship if you haven't tried and if you ask these people like what are the reasons why you guys broke up a lot of the times it's based on nonsense. It's just like, why should I listen to you as, as a human being, you know? But I think that um, one, if to fix the whole dating issue is one, people have to be honest. Um, people aren't being honest when they're talking mm-hmm. to someone. Like people aren't telling people like, yo, I'm talking to other people because you're, you don't want to risk that person not talking to you because you're talking to other people. But if you're honest with them, you're giving them the choice to be there. A lot of people are trapped in situations because you're, um, you're holding on you're holding on to information or you're just lying straight to their face and you're presenting them with the idea of what they feel a relationship should be 
Meanwhile, they're out here doing X, Y, and Z, doing dirt with, with everybody out there in the world, but they presented you with the idea of what they felt a relationship was. Those people end up in, end up breaking up, and then now they're jaded. They go out into the world, and I was like, I gave all this time and attention to this person who did all this to me. Now the next person I'm going to date, I'm not going to give them like X, Y, and Z, and now it's like you're not really fully putting yourself out there because you're scared of getting hurt because of that last situation. And now I think that now that people are well in their 30s, like I'm 31, I think now we're at the point where people are more jaded than ever, but people don't want to say that they're jaded. We're all jaded. We've all been in relationships. There are things that we know about relationships or things that we know that we don't want in a relationship because of an ex or because of some situation that you saw. That's perfectly fine. Like that's perfectly okay. But then sometimes people don't realize that sometimes those old relationships have more of an effect on how you operate in the dating world more than what they want to say or more than they're, they're willing to mm-hmm. say. Like a lot of times, like I have people tell me, yo, da, 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 or these are my expectations da, 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 and I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. I'm like, you, you kind of have to be flexible when it comes to <laughs> like situations. Like, like I, I was, I was telling um, my girl the other day, because she was telling me about her friend who has some dating issues and stuff like that. And I was like, people act as if like, like human beings are puzzle pieces. Like they're always going to be that shape and it's never going to change, but that's not how life works. You know, we're always constantly evolving. We're always constantly changing. So we can't operate as if like, you're going to find that perfect fit or find that perfect piece. That's just not going to happen whatsoever. You know, you have to be willing to compromise. You're going to have to, like you, I, I strongly believe in the 80, 20 rule where a healthy relationship, you're going to get 80% of what you want or yeah, you're going to get 80% of the things that you want in a relationship. And the other 20% has to come from within, has to come from you, right. come from compromise and things like that. So I'm, I'm a strong believer in that, but I don't think people believe in that. I think people just want hundred percent. Cause literally if there's one thing wrong, like they're perfect, but like there's like that one little tiny thing that's wrong with them. They'll much rather not deal with that person and try and find someone who's perfect rather than learn how to um, maneuver through um, some of the changes that come with their relationship, you know? Tim, very, very well, well said, bro. And to me, just as important as telling the truth is being transparent. And oh, yeah, definitely. Some, bro. bro, and depending on what the circumstances, transparency probably is the first thing because I think people kind of confuse what honesty and transparency is. And it's yeah, like, yo, absolutely. when you meet someone, be like, listen, I like you, I'm feeling you. I'm talking to like two other chicks though. So I just, I just want you to know that. <laughs> so if you see me walking down the block with somebody, don't come swinging. Cause I told you I'm talking to two other chicks. And I yeah. think you're right, bro. And I think another big uh, thing is people could tell you the truth. People could be transparent as hell. Tim, I feel like there's people and I have been one of these dudes, Tim, where we either don't accept when the truth is told or we either don't accept or we are confused when the transparency comes, if that makes sense. No, that makes absolute sense. So I think that, you know, a lot of the times when it comes to relationships, um, even though honesty is still a big issue when it comes to relationships, I think that when people are honest with you, people aren't being receptive to the honesty. So it's like, right. oh, you're saying that now, but I feel like, you know, maybe in a couple of months, like I could convince you not to be that way. Like, no, nah, most of the time, if that person tells you it is what it is, it is what it is. And if you stay <laughs> with that, that's just your fault. Like, 
no one's fault but yourself. They told you how it was. It's like, but why can't you emotionally be available? I told you when we started dating, I wasn't emotionally available and I wasn't trying to take this seriously. Right. And you decided to stay for six months when I told you six months ago. Like when I hear situations like that, I'm like, I don't, like, I don't, I, it's hard for me to find sympathy for people who go against the grain and force themselves or try to force situations that weren't going to happen in the first place, you know? It's just like you really have to listen. You have to be honest. You have to be transparent. And also you have to be, you also have to have integrity as well. Because yeah. like what you were saying before about how people can be like, yeah, like I like you, but I'm also talking to two other people. I feel like um, that's with integrity. Like Some people might just be like, yo, I don't give a fuck about what you're saying because I got these other two people. <laughs> so it's just like, so that could either go either way, but you could be transparent, but I have a lot of people who are honest, but that's just an excuse for them to be an asshole. So like there's still a sense of integrity that has to come with being being honest. You can't just blurt out the truth because a lot of the times the truth hurts. And if you have um if you really don't care about how the truth hurts people, then that's not that doesn't have any integrity that goes with it. So you can be as honest as you want. Fuck that honesty because you really have no like you really don't care about how you how you affect the other person's life. But you just want to be honest, just to say for the for honesty's sake. For honesty's sake, right? And exactly, bro, bro. And 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 bro. And one more thing that I think is super uh, important too. I, I feel like people hear what other person says to them, but I feel like they try and wait it out, thinking that that person is gonna change. Similar to yeah. what you said. Look, no dick, pussy, nothing is going to change somebody's mind if their mind is already made up here. If that person says, exactly. I'm not trying to take you seriously, this is only sex, mm-hmm. it don't matter how many times you suck them off, you flip it, drop it on them, his mind is not going to go from sex to dating, relationship, marriage, kids. It's not going to take place. So mm-hmm. I think the more people just, oh, and no, Tim, and to me, the biggest thing that, bro, the number one thing, know what you want and stick to it. Yeah. I've had so many homegirls say, I want X, Y, and Z. And then they see a dude that's, they probably see a, the dude that's like you, dark skin, bearded, muscular, and be like, yo, like, oh my God, he's so this and so that, but he has blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. You said you didn't want a guy that had all of a, a blah, blah, blah. The only reason why you did is because he's tall, dark-skinned, bearded. Sis, it don't matter the looks, his job, his kids, whatever. Stick to your guns. Exactly. a lot of people don't stick, and that's how shit start in the first place. Exactly. Like, be, be, honest, like be honest with the other person, but also be honest with yourself. Yourself, right. A lot of times, like, people attract themselves in situations, like, based on, like, their preferences. People don't realize that sometimes their preferences can be the thing that's holding them back because you feel like you want somebody who looks this way, who looks that way. If you get, basically, if you're basing what your, what your, um, what your wants are on looks, there's going to be something that comes with that, like, no matter what. If you really want someone who's attractive, but you want someone who doesn't have um, too big of an ego, most of the time that doesn't go hand in hand. Cause if you right. look good and you know you look good and people are always giving you that energy, it's gonna be hard for someone to not have an ego in that situation. Like right. honestly, every attractive person I know has an ego somewhat. Somewhat right. in there. And it's like and like and like it's it also becomes an issue when like you say that that's what you want, 
but then like when other people feel the same way about the person that you're going after you have a problem with that but that's what you like like that's what you said you wanted and now it's the issue when other people want the same thing but like you know a lot of people have like um, insecurities and don't know how to deal with what they claim that they want at the end of the day mm-hmm. so it's just a lot of issues that's going on with dating man um tread lightly i'll say that if anybody wants some advice <laughs> just try and tread lightly also try to have like try to have a little bit of fun because like i know dating is like when you get older you want it to be a bit, a bit more serious and everything like that but try not to make it like it's another job because right. if you're going to treat it like a job it's going to feel exactly like a job. And right. like most of the time, most of us, like, you know, we tolerate our jobs, but most of the time it's like, fuck, why am I here? You know, <laughs> like that kind right. of thing. So that's going to be, that's going to be a mentality if you're doing that um, when it comes to dating, you know, don't take it too seriously. Have fun. And also don't take things personally. Like just because things didn't work out with this person, don't let that affect how you kind of go about the whole dating situation. Sometimes that person, it's not for you. Like some, some you got to go through, a lot. You're going to go through a lot of dates. You're going to go through a lot of shitty people, a lot of people that could have been, a lot of people that were close before you find someone who you feel like is right for you. And just don't get discouraged. Like, it'll just, it'll, it'll happen. It'll seem like you're kind of seeing the same people over and over again. And that's just, that's just going to happen. That's what happens with, with anything, with any career or anything in general. Like a lot of the times you're going to come, come to face, uh, face to face with a lot of the same issues. Like, whenever you apply for a job, there are a lot of people who are applying for the same job that you want, right, yeah. but you, but you got the job because you kept trying, you kept pushing for it. Right. Now, now you're here. Like anything that's worth having is worth having, it's worth uh, putting in the work. Mm-hmm. So even dating, it's, you have to put in a bit of the work. So put in like, take it, take it easy. But then when you find something that's good, put in some effort. And patience too, bro. Yeah, and, be, and, and be patient and be patient you know <laughs> yeah. don't be trying to like jump into a relationship like the week after you met somebody <laughs> that you think is good so you got to take take the time out to really get to know that person and then like try and learn how to build be honest be transparent all the things that we said i think all of this is great great dating advice all of it is bro temp before you go bro i got of i got a few rapid fire questions and we're gonna call it a day the first one is it's kind of a Part A, part B one temp is what, which verses was your favorite favorite and which like to see to. Uh, so my favorite verses is going to be uh, probably Beanie Man versus Bounty Killer. Still the best one. Yes. Um, I agree. And as far as verses I would like to see, I don't know, man. They've done so many good ones. I did see I did see a flyer that was Tony Braxton versus Mary J. Blige. And I was like, that's actually an interesting battle. Very, yeah. I think I think that's I would like I to see that. Bro, I don't think they'll ever do it because they're so cool. Missy and Buster Rhymes. I think that's I think that'd be that'll actually be fire. That'll be fire uh, battle. And butter. I think and I th- and I think that's reasonable. Like I think that both of their styles are very similar. They both Right. Um. Uh. Hype Williams. Uh. Very Hype Williams esque videos. Uh, the aesthetics were crazy and all of their stuff. So I feel like it was super dope. Right. But bro, like, I doubt they do it because they're so cool. Like they're so tight. But hopefully they just do it for us. The actual fun. Yeah, they should do it just for fun. Just, just for fun. Exactly. Tim, if you had to sum up 2020 so far in one word or in two words, what would it be? Um, 
a beautiful disaster. <laughs> Definitely a beautiful disaster. And whichever word you lean towards most basically depends on your experience. But I feel like it was definitely been a, a terrible experience for a lot of people, but also I think it's been a beautiful experience for a lot of people as well. So whichever line that you, that you fit on, I feel like it could be one way or the other. It's basically, it's yeah. basically what you make it. And bro, and it's funny that you uh, say that because it has been such a terrible year for a lot of folks. Tim, outside of my job going like up to, I'm saying, like this has been a great year for me. I started a new show. I fell in love. I've been saving money. But to me, it's like I can't enjoy what's happening to me because I because I open my door and the world is you know saying? Yeah, yeah. Football, you almost bro. feel you, you almost feel bad for ha having like success. Having success, exactly, man. That shit is crazy. Tim, who is the greatest of all time? LeBron or Michael Jordan? I got to go MJ, bro. I got to go MJ. I, I still, I'm one of those people who will always be a LeBron hater. Uh, <laughs> I'm just always going to not oh, like boy. LeBron. I, I, I feel like his, his attitude and his demeanor, especially like early on, like I feel like it's definitely changed probably later in the game. I'm not as focused on basketball anymore. Right. I just feel like LeBron was such a bitch, bro. Like, like <laughs> bitch, like bitch made, bro. Like, you're like, oh, I'm going to stay in the city. That, that birthed me. Oh, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. Oh, I'm going to go back because it's not about where you at. It's about basketball now. Now I'm in LA. Like, I, I get it. Like, he brought three different um, franchises, championships. He's an amazing player. Like, physically, definitely the, definitely the most physically able basketball player. Probably the most physically able athlete of our generation. Right. But I still think his attitude is still bitch-made, bro. Like, it is. It like, is. It, it's, it's a different era. It's a different era. Like, LeBron is all about, like, camaraderie and shit. Like, Jordan didn't give a fuck. Jordan, right. hate, like, he will, the fact that he made up stories about people to inspire him to destroy whoever was on the opposing team, <laughs> that, that was that hilarious. Instinct, yeah. <laughs> the killer instinct. That's the reason killer why instinct. Kobe, the reason why Kobe is my favorite player is that he had that killer instinct. And also, right. it was just the, the loyalty. Like, he never left the Lakers. He never thought about leaving the Lakers. Same thing with, with, um, with Michael. He never thought about leaving Chicago. He was just like, yo, I'm going to stay with this team. I'm going to build this franchise up, and I'm going to do what it do. Exactly. If you want to go to a different team, I don't mind. I don't mind you going to a different team to try and build that. But don't fake the funk. Like, he made it seem as if, like, he avoided all the questions up until the point, like, the last day where he had to make the decision and did a whole press conference about it. I just didn't like that move. It just felt very fake, very Hollywood. And I still think – I still see some of that in him. And even in his gameplay, I feel like – He's not as aggressive. You're the strongest player on the court. Act like it, bro. Like I feel like he'd be like, "Oh, foul! Oh my God, and everything." But uh, more more power to LeBron. You know, uh, congratulations on the championship. Whatever, do do, do your thing, homie. <laughs> do your thing, Tim. <laughs> bro, a woman that I've learned about you is you are a music head, just like me. So, oh yeah. So my question for you is, in your mind, who is the hottest? person in R&B right now and who was the hottest person in rap as we speak hottest person in R&B um that's kind of tough I feel like R&B is so it's so varied it's kind of hard to like pick just one artist and it's like pop now in, in a way <laughs> R, like R &B yeah it's, it's, it's definitely a lot definitely a lot going on but um and also I feel like 
the thing the thing that's good about R and B is that artists are okay with like you know coming out with an album here, disappearing for a while. You know, right. we kind of live in a generation where streaming keeps the money flowing, so you don't have to constantly put out album after album right. after album and be the greatest. You know, so right. a lot of the times, like there are a lot of artists who I feel like are super dope. Like I think like uh, Snow Allegra is an amazing artist. I think right. her is an amazing artist. Right. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Dion is an amazing artist. Emotional Oranges, I feel like it's a really good group. They're like, there are so many different aspects. You can even go to like, um, I'm trying to think of like some of the older artists who are still making music, like Usher. Like Usher used to be like my, my greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, it's kind of hard. I can't pick a, I can't pick the hottest R&B artist. Mm-hmm. I think R&B itself, I'm just glad that R&B is like back. I'm glad that it's like, it has a heartbeat. Facts. People are paying attention to it and all that kind of stuff. I think, uh, you know what? I'm going to say Lucky Day. I'm going to say Lucky Day. Mm, okay. I'm say Lucky Day. I think that he's really um, a true R&B artist, and okay. I think that it's probably it's probably between Lucky Day and her. I, I would say it definitely yeah, yeah. Her is up there, and Snow um, Allegra. Snow too. Allegra is definitely up there too. Um, as far as hip hop, um, the baby is killing it, man. Yeah, <laughs> the ba- like, bro, like I can't oh, go anywhere. Baby, the baby, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I've been, I've been driving, like my drive to Tennessee. Literally every single station, it was like a a, a the baby song. Like the rocks, <laughs> the rock star has been playing nonstop, and it's just like, <laughs> wow, okay, so the baby is here now. So You're I feel right, like right. he's definitely, he's probably like, in my opinion, I would say probably like one of the hardest, uh, the hottest artists that are that are out right now, as far as rap is concerned. Yeah, 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 definitely one of them two. Little Baby, The Baby, like those two dudes. Music is everywhere whenever you go. Temp, my last rap before I question for you is, what is your favorite film of all time, bro? Favorite film of all time? Um, huh. I'm going to say that my favorite film is either going to be Shutter Island or uh infinity war one of those two infinity war just dope. yeah infinity war i like i like shutter island because i feel like i love movies that are like very like well directed i like movies that are like really heavy in um um whatchamacallit foreshadowing but like unexpected foreshadowing that you never saw like in any movie that you have to watch twice to really fully understand so like that movie um yeah. i like i liked inception a lot um gone girl like movies like that i feel like are really good but i think shutter island is like particularly most of the time with a lot of movies I can tell exactly what's going to happen that was one of the movies that I had no idea what was happening <laughs> right. and like when the when the twist came I was like wow okay that's dope and then with Infinity War I feel like again with, with Marvel like what they've been able to do with their franchises has been super amazing and the fact that they're able to tell these really um, genuine stories uh, through these superhero characters especially since superhero characters are just now kind of becoming uh, uh, box office successes. You know, it took a while, but now it's like, when you think about blockbuster movies, now you think about superhero movies. Yeah. And I love that. And I'm always a fan of like the big blockbusters. I'm a fan of like, you know, in the 90s where, you know, they always had that one lone person who was up against some kind of evil organization, <laughs> just walking barefoot and shooting everybody down. Like, I love those kind of crazy 80s, 90s movies and stuff like that. But to see it evolve into this kind of movie, I think it's super dope. And I think that the the culmination of it all was Infinity War. Endgame, I'm not as hype on, but Infinity War, I feel like was definitely like a 
near perfect uh, Marvel movie. Infinity War was a classic film, definitely for sure. Bro, every time I tell people mine, they're like, what the hell, bro? My favorite film is Wolf on uh, uh, Wall Street, bro. Listen, man, that, that was a very, <laughs> nah, that was, it's like, it kind of depends on what kind of movies that you like. If right. you're into like the, the glitz and the glam and the flash and the fast editing, when you get to a movie like The Wolf of Wall Street, that's very story driven and very dialogue driven. A lot of people don't like those kinds of movies because they're just like, where's the action? Like action, they, right? they, they, they see him sniffing cocaine off the girl's ass <laughs> and they, 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 they want to see that for two hours. And like, that's not that kind of movie. Like right. one of like one of one of my favorite movies, top five, uh, is a it was um three billboards in Ebbing, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Fantastic movie. But literally, if you are not into story driven movies or like um character pieces, yeah. you're gonna look at that movie and you're gonna be like, What the fuck is happening? It's literally like, a movie about on? it's a movie about a billboard and it's literally the whole entire movie. That's all it is. It's about a billboard oh, about three different billboards. And literally nothing happens, but like I think Frances McDermott, like the way that she portrayed that character, I think was like excellent. And I love like the cinematography. I love like the choices that like directors make as far as like you know um, different types of stylized shots and everything. Like like I pay attention to like a lot of those types of things. Yeah. So that movie I think is up there. So hey man, uh, I get it though. Like the fast editing, like and again another one of my favorites, Fast and the Furious. No story based, no story based like movie whatsoever. It's just all about driving cars, in and driving cars, explosions. Right. But like, I love those types of, I love those kinds of movies, bro. Like, I can't wait for the new Fast and Furious. I want to see Marks. how they're gonna drive a car in space. I have to, I have to see. It. That's that's all they have left. Like, that's the only thing they can do is drive a car in space. Tim, bro, I swear to God, if they find a way to fuck up coming to. America too. <laughs> I'm gonna be very, very mad if they find a way to fuck it up, bro. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes you just gotta leave movies alone. Facts. But Facts. It's just like that's a classic. I mean, coming to America, classic movie. Like everything doesn't need a sequel. Right. Exactly. exactly. And, and think about the the fan base of that of the of coming to America. Like they they don't. Some people care, but most people don't care. It's just like, right. all right, cool. Exactly. It was it was popping, but you know, all right, I guess I'll watch it. And you don't want people to be like, okay, I guess I'll watch it. Exactly. Thank you, thank you. Like Bad Boys Three and Space Jam Two. Like we don't need these other shits. Just leave the classic. Yeah, I, I, I could have did without that Bad Boys movie. That movie was trash. Yeah, like it was one of those like, oh, okay, it was like something to do, but that was it. <laughs> it was something to do that night, but that was it. It definitely wasn't exactly. as good as the previous. It exactly. <laughs> it definitely wasn't. Tep, man, I, mean, I appreciate you uh, coming on, and thank you for coming on the show, bro. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you for having me, man. It's a, it's a fun time. Appreciate it, man. That was the one and only Templeton, creator and host of the Grown Folk Table a podcast. And for me, myself, and my mic, I'm your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Shawnee on the mic, signing out. Peace and love. Peace out.